Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. You're listening to the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So right here on the Voice of Truth Radio Show, we will be engaging in vigorous and robust discussion on culture, history, and current events. We'll bring it from a biblical perspective as much as possible for you. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. Another beautiful day in paradise. Yes, sir. Amen to that. So spring's here. We're done with session in Charleston. We had a two-month session. It's all over. And uh, that's like paradise to us when it's over. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. It was a whirlwind, I'm sure, too. It's you got crazy. So much you got to get done in a short you know, amount of time. You like, uh, know, it's, it's, it's like uh, the, the saying down there is everyone wants the job till they get it. <laughs> because it's like... It's like being a pastor. <laughs> yeah, right. So the irony is you uh, you work so hard to get down there, and, uh, and then, man, I tell you, by the end of the session, everybody... Uh, is ready to go home. But we had a good session, had uh, passed some good bills, and we'll talk about those uh, maybe in a week or two, see how uh, see how they come, see if the governor signs them. Mm. Uh, there's a, a gun bill that's very important, a transgender and uh, a men and women's sports transgender type bill, very important. Those two passed, and those are two the kind of the big ones that we got through. But uh, speaking of guns, uh, we're going to have a short intro here. Uh, and going to bring in uh, Don Alfred, mm-hmm. who is a mutual friend of ours, and uh, we're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about um, the, uh, the the Biden uh, uh, gun uh, mandates that are coming down that are very very scary. And we'll get Don Alfred is a uh, I've known him for thirty years, and mm-hmm. he's he's taught me on guns uh, since I was in my twenties. And I, I wasn't a gun guy growing up, Pastor. I didn't didn't shoot guns, didn't know anything about guns. And I, I had just kind of a, a, a visceral fear of them a little mm-hmm. bit, and you should, but but more than, you know, if you don't grow up with them. And um, so he's he's just really helped me through the years. And uh, we were talking about before we came on the air, the uh, concealed carry gun that uh, he told me about, and I bought a 9mm M&P. But uh, so we're going to bring him in. And uh, anything else we want to talk about before we uh, close out? The- Boy, I just I, I'm I'm glad that we're able to get back to uh, you know kind of getting the show during the week closer to when it airs a little bit. You yeah. know, there for a while we're packing it in about a, a week before, and <laughs> right. so everything seemed to pass us by before the show could get on the air. That, so yeah, so we had to we had to record a week ahead of time just because I'm in Charleston, and you, we usually we do Tuesday mornings, and that, that gives us some more time, but. Uh, uh, so we're going to uh, we'll start we'll start uh, recording during the week. Today's Wednesday, uh, but uh, Tuesday, Wednesday gives gives us a better feel, doesn't it? Of it what's does. going on? Yeah. And um, uh, so we're going to we're going to break. We'll come back in with Don Alfred, and uh, we got we got a good show for you. And well, uh, it's an important show. I think this one is. I think and, so and too. I think for people that 
maybe we're like you. Maybe they're not gun people, but they don't understand the rights that are attached to that yeah. and how they're being infringed upon and how important that Second Amendment really is to our nation. Yeah. Second Amendment is part of the Bill of Rights, and the first eight Bill of Rights are are uh, are are things that are natural rights that God gives us. God gives us a natural right to defend ourselves mm-hmm. to de- and to defend our family. So we'll get into that, and uh, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back with uh, Don Alfred, gun expert extraordinaire, right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, Senator Mike Asinger, and Pastor Brian Leversey, my co-host, right here with us. And in the studio, we have uh, Don Alfred. He's going to chime in in just a minute. We're going to talk about guns, and we're going to talk about the uh, uh, these executive orders that are being threatened by uh, President uh, President Biden in terms of a ban on high-capacity magazines and uh, AR-15s and and uh, these guns that are uh, perfectly constitutional, perfectly safe. and But I, I just wanted to start off, uh, Don Alford and uh, uh, Pastor Brian here, uh, with, with just kind of a, a biblical foundation. Why I be, This is a great verse. I think this is a fascinating verse that I read, uh, I don't know, years ago. And I, I love the verse. The last time you read the Bible. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I've looked at the Bible since then. I've picked up the Bible. I've dusted off uh, your Bible since then. <laughs> All right, Luke eleven twenty one twenty two. So this, you guys will be very impressed with this. Uh, um, a strong man armed keepeth his palace. His when when a strong man armed keepeth his palace. His goods are in peace. So you got a strong man. Strong man, and when the strong man is armed, he keepeth his palace. So the castle doctrine is what I thought about Don Alfred. You know, That's he keepeth true. his palace. His palace is like a, it's like a castle. A man's That's a man's home is his castle. His man's mm-hmm. palace is his castle, and he's a strong man. But you know what? He should be. He's he's armed in this verse. That's what the Bible says. I'm just reading from Luke eleven twenty one and twenty two. Here's another another verse. If uh, if a thief be found breaking up. And he be smitten that he died, there shall no blood be shed for him. So if you find a, a, a thief breaks into your house, and you find him and you, you smite him that he dies, uh, that's a perfectly biblical right to defend mm-hmm. your home, to defend your family. Um uh, that's a natural right. We have a natural right from God. And the, our founding fathers put that natural right into the Second Amendment, and that's what the Bill of Rights are, uh, Don Alfred. They're Absolutely. they're just a list of, of natural rights that we have given from God. So uh, our founding fathers put the Second Amendment into the Constitution. So um, explain to us uh, what does the Second Amendment mean? Because th- there is some confusion on that, isn't there? There is absolutely. Well, I have it here for, for in front of me. I want to read it to you, just the way that it is. Uh, well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I took time to look up uh, a few things on the Constitution, 
exactly looked up a recognized by the Supreme Court in 2008, the decision they made over Columbia versus, I can't remember who they were, the, the, the argument was with, but they simply stated the militia of the founding era was a body of ordinary citizens capable of taking up arms to defend the nation. Just simply, and as I read that, and you know, being a Christian here at our church, Fellowship Baptist Church, uh, it's a high honor to be an ordinary citizen, mm-hmm. to 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 enjoy the freedoms that the Lord obviously has given us through our Constitution, the founding fathers being lots or most religious guys themselves, not all, but some, and how they recognize the Scripture, God's Word. To lead them in defining the Constitution, mm, yeah. our, our, our liberties, mm. the Declaration of Independence, mm. the Bill of Rights, everything you see, even if you go to D.C., and many of us have, and seen the monuments with the phrases and things, in, including God. And uh, I, I like those things in, in the fact of what our president recently said uh, in, in referring to the uh, Second Amendment about being not absolute. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of blew me away that he would even go to go to that far, not absolute. It sounds pretty absolute to me when it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I mean, how more absolute can it possibly be? Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at all the 27 of these amendments, it's, it's, they're all versed and, and worded the same way. And it's amazing to me that that's where we're at today, that Rather than people standing and swearing to defend the Constitution, they're trying to tear it apart for their own benefit. And usually it always goes back to the money. I don't care if you look at Mr. Biden and his son. uh, Things usually always go back to the money in the end. Yes. So um, you make make good points on that, uh, Don Alfred. um, um, And I was talking before we came on there that in the Senate we're doing – we did videos right after our our four session. And I did a video on – on guns with a buddy of mine and I did a couple of them and I made that point about uh, what Biden said Don Alfred uh, where he said uh, that that the the um, the constitutional amendments aren't absolute you know what we live in a we live in a society in a culture where there are no absolutes anymore are there That's we correct. live in a we live in a culture of relativism uh, so why are we surprised where we ha- when we have a president who can look at the Bill of Rights and say, ah, well, sometimes, you know, it depends <laughs> on it depends on the situations. We're going to stick situational e- ethics, Pastor, into into the uh, the Bill of Rights, and that's what that's what's happened, right? Absolutely, yeah. So absolutely, no pun intended. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say it. Absolutely, I used to there used to be a writer, a, a, a lady who one of my famous favorite writers ever, a lady named Florence King, who wasn't a Baptist, to say the least. But she made this great statement in one of her columns. She said, you know, the more we lose absolutes, the more we say absolutely. There's this, there is this, this, uh, Subconscious in is that we need we need absolutes. It's it's the way we're made, and we try to regain them in our language when we lose them in our uh, in our culture. So you made a point, Don, uh, about the militia, and and uh, because the militia it says it, uh, the militia in the Second Amendment. Absolutely. So so in terms of the founding fathers, and in terms of that era, who was who was the militia? 
again, as, as, as I said here, just a militia is ordinary citizens, capable, capable, obviously. And there was, a, I, I would assume, an age group, which is not like it is today in the military, where it's 18 to 35 or something like that, where you could join the military. Then it was whoever was capable, physically able to carry a firearm in, in a respect of self-defense. Uh, even, even during the Revolutionary War, we weren't the aggressors. We were the defenders. And, and our Constitution yeah. was set up that way in defense of our country, hmm. never to be oppressing of any other country. Uh, and, and you'll notice throughout through history, the wars that we were involved in was always a reaction to somebody other's threat. We never went and attacked anybody else right. to claim their territory, to take their uh, prizes, their monies, or so on. It was always defensive. And, uh, and I always respected it about our, our country and our founding fathers to set up a government that way, that we were just defensive. And even in today's culture where the concealed carry thing, mm. it's all about defense. Mm. It's never about That's a great oppressive. point. It is. And, you know, and, and we, we teach that. We, we're not, uh, as Bill Carroll wisely put in our statement of faith, if you would, of the DEFTAC training that we do, um, we're against all forms of violence. Mm. You know, that, we're, we, but we will defend against violence. And uh, that's our key, and we do our concealed carry classes, and that's one of the points that we make to our students, that we're not here to teach you, quote, to kill anybody. It's to stop the threats from, from, from serious bodily harm or death mm. to yourself or a loved one. So that's our focus. And I, I think you make a great point because people – the reason why we struggle with the Second Amendment is because just like with everything that's going on in our culture right now, it's, it's being attacked through virtue signaling. You know, uh, liberal ideology rises up and says if we can control the weapons, we can control the violence. Absolutely. But like you said, we need – able-bodied regular citizens to have the ability to defend themselves and to defend their country and we originally entered into that understanding like you said not to be the aggressors we, we were not imperialistic in our mindset England was Correct. and the socialists and the communists are and anyone who is imperialistic in their mindset wants to de-arm the average citizen and wants to arm their puppet military so that they can expand and grow and that's why this is so uniquely american is because it wasn't set up for us to be imperialistic it was set up for us to have the right individually to bear arms in protection of our constitution and our way of living and that's so important to make that distinction because people don't understand that they they fall victim to this virtue signaling They're like yeah who needs a 30 you know round magazine and who needs this and who needs this kind of weapon i'll tell you who does a well-armed private citizen militia who can defend their homes, defend their rights, and defend their nation against the tyranny, honestly, that is seeping into a lot of the nations of this earth and has throughout history. That's correct. Very correct. Okay. Uh, those, those are great, great points, uh, Pastor. And I, Don, I just wanted to uh, – we ta- we have we got Don Alfred in the studio. Don's a, a gun expert, and, and I was telling Pastor before you came in, you taught me – uh, uh, probably most of what I believe term, in terms of philosophy and principle on guns. When we first met uh, back in 1992, I remember that because that's the year I moved back from Indi- uh, Indiana the first time in 92. And uh, you taught me about guns. And, and and I was telling Pastor, you know, I, I didn't grow up with guns. When you don't grow up with guns, you have kind of a, a, a little bit of a fear of them. And uh, but you and some other guys where we uh, used to go to church years ago, 
help me, but especially you. And if I had a gun question, I would go to go to Don Alfred uh, about it. So we got this bill in Congress or in in, uh, in the State House in Charleston, Don, called HB House Bill twenty six ninety four, and basically. What it says is that the federal government can't come into the state of West Virginia, and other states are running this bill, Correct. can't come into the state of West Virginia and tell our law enforcement to take away people's guns. Uh, so uh, is, is that a good bill, do you think? <laughs> For the saying the same word everybody said so far, absolutely, <laughs> it is a good bill. Talking to some of my fellow uh, police friends, that even those who come to our church, which I'm thankful we have some good police officers, sheriff's deputies who do attend our church, uh, they're elated about this bill. They're excited that they're not going to be ordered, commanded, whatever yeah. you want to say, by the federal government to infringe uh, their will on the American people, citizens, neighbors, uh, family members even, that that's what it would come to if this bill didn't didn't arrive in, in the nick of times. And I'm hoping other states will adopt it as well. I, I like to see a massive sweep across the country, just like Georgia's done with election things, yep. uh, getting persecuted severely for yep. it. But I hope states will, where eyes will be open to this gun mm-hmm. culture. And that's another phrase that, that has not been around very long. Yeah. Guns have been a part of American that's society right. forever from the very beginning. But now that we have this uh, the liberal side calling it a culture, yes. when it's always been prevalent mm-hmm. in our nation, uh, but yes, that uh, concerning that bill, I, I am so pleased that it, that it passed. Where we're at, uh, and like to see more. I think p- people's eyes are being opened more and more as we're seeing this tyranny or whatever lack of word. It's, it's tyranny. It is, it and is. that's a it's an excellent word for it. Why are we having to pass bills in these state legislatures that protect what's already enumerated in the Constitution? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We have a Second Amendment right. To keep and bear arms. If you read what the founding fathers said about what a militia is, like you did a minute ago, I grabbed a book by David Barton, was reading it last night. A militia are, in fact, the people themselves hmm. and are, for the most part, employed at home in their private concerns. Richard Henry Lee. I think he was a right. grandpa of Robert E. Lee. The militia are the people at large. The militia is composed of free citizens, Samuel Adams, Adams, who are the militia. They consist now of the whole people, George Mason. Right. George Mason, mm-hmm. it was so conservative, he wouldn't even sign the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. He was like, okay, you guys did pretty good, but not far enough. I'm not signing. So uh, uh, so anyway, so uh, Don Alfred, so one of the arguments that these leftists sitting in the White House uh, are making is, hey, you don't, you don't, why do you need more than 10 rounds in a in a magazine why why do you it's it kind of go back to the philosophy of the concealed carry uh situation you know in today's world we're not just talking about uh, a normal human being threat of uh, somebody coming in and to disarm you hurt you kill you whatever it might be we're talking about drug infected people uh who are not normal bodied strength type individuals the drugs have powered them in, in a way that one, two, three shots, if it would take that to stop the threat, doesn't do it anymore. Mm. And, and not just that, but there's not just, you know, and, and probably the statistics would show 20 years ago, uh, a bad guy, quote, would be uh, the offender. Now it's bad guys, 
plural. Yeah, so that, more than uh, one gang well, you exact, have to deal with. Exactly right. right. And the gang, the gang mentality yeah. of our culture today. Yeah. Uh, we know, see the riots and the mobs that are going on right, unchecked yeah. many oh, yeah, times exactly. in our in our cities today. Right. Just recently, I mean, as of yesterday, you know, that same thing's happening. So it, it's prevalent to be able to have more than one round, if you would, uh, you know, or just to be able to verbally say, stop, please don't hurt me. And then they would, oh, okay, I won't walk away. That's not going to happen. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's, it's a shame that it, were, it has to be what it is. Uh, I wished it could be, you know, even as a, a gun guy, that 10 rounds would do it, that that's where, but that's not the case. And for myself, my family, my loved ones, my church family, I want to have accessible to what would defend our lives. What would stop the threat, whatever it might be. We teach that again in the class again, one shot, two shots. Uh, we're not, again, teaching to kill. We're teaching to stop the threat, whatever that takes, or threats. Yes. Plural, if you, if sure. you would. And uh, we were talking on the phone yesterday, uh, Don Alfred, about uh, about just about these about these um, suggested mandates uh, from from the president and and uh, the, the 10-round clip. Now, to, to folks who don't know a lot about guns, and I would be one of those, I would hear, okay, 10 rounds, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Why do you need more than 10 rounds? At the same time that this mandate was coming down or this threat, uh, a gentleman, I, I don't remember where, I don't, don't remember the scenario even, but there was a car, it was either carjacking or someone broke into his home. And I think some ones broke into his home and he said and he needed 13 rounds to mm-hmm. fend these guys mm-hmm. up That's correct. all right who in the world does the government think they are telling us how many yeah. you know, at, at what level we can defend ourselves and our family but they always demonize the tool instead of understand that they're creating a society where people in their selfish hearts are acting sinfully it's not yes. the tool that's the problem it's not the clip or the or the magazine or the weapon Evil people are going to do evil things, and they're going to do it in mass together if they go unchecked. And there's no, there's no speaking to the heart in the issue. And that's what the law always has done. That's what the law is meant to do: is to show man the wickedness of their heart, so that they can turn their heart over to God. But what the government wants to do, it seems like, is use it as a weapon to take away freedoms and liberties from people. And I'll tell you what, I was talking with some police officers about the whole round issue. And the average person, I think you're right, that's kind of fearful of weapons, hasn't grown uh, up around weapons, hasn't handled them. Uh They don't have a concept of, what does this mean? You're a police officer who's highly trained and has to pass certain rigorous testing in order to qualify for being able to handle their weapon in certain circumstances, they have a difficult time hitting a moving target. I mean, the more, I I talked to a lot of them, the more rounds they have, the more comfortable they are, even as highly trained as they are. Now you take your average citizen who goes to the gun range even once a week, and you put them in a scenario where multiple people are in their home and they've got to fend them off. I'm telling you, 10 rounds Anybody, anybody who's who's balking at the round issue, you put three guys in your home and they've got weapons and you've got ten rounds. You're, you're the one who's in trouble. Absolutely, absolutely, and, that, and that's you know in the defensive situation uh, of, of our country and the if you would the sport of comp- competition shooting 
and the IDPA, International Defensive Pistol Association, one of the things that we have local and shoot and DTAP, Defensive Tactical Action Pistol, is all scenario-based type training. Hmm. And, that, and we do multiple targets and we have no shoot targets and things to learn to, to process things through your mind. And, and I've done it for years and years and years yeah. and still get nervous, uh, which is a good thing because you can't duplicate that stress when you're under yeah. real stress yeah. uh, to help people get trained. And the police officers the same way. And I get to shoot with a lot of police officers. Some are very good. Some are very practiced, and some it's just a tool on a tool belt, their gun. Uh, and just like the mistake that the, the lady officer just made just yeah. recently uh, of grabbing, thinking she's grabbing her taser and grabbing uh, And her she was a 25-year veteran. Trying, exactly. So even with under stress, good and bad things happen. Again, you're only going to be, and I make this statement in every class, you're only going to be as good as you practice. You know, mm. we, we can you get the training. And then the gun stays on your side. If you never practice, never practice, never practice, you lose those fine motor skills of recognizing. And if you see anybody, and sometimes the police officers wear their duty gear here at church, and, and I've walked up on them before and saw, man, that's a neat little, oh, that's a taser. You know, I can understand positioning of it, where they wear it, grabbing a hold of it under stress, thinking it was the taser and would be your firearm because it kind of looks like one, has, yeah. a, has a grip on it. So I, I don't hold it against the, the lady for, for making the mistake under that high stress. Uh, and again, they're going to hang her out to dry probably for this, even though the guy that did it and they're trying to. She's resigned. The chief of police has resigned. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the gal who checks the, uh, the meters has resigned. <laughs> the, uh, whoever else, they've all resigned. So let's take a uh, let's take a quick break. We're talking with uh, Don Alford. This is great stuff. We're just uh, basically talking about some of the threats coming down from Washington D.C. on our guns. And Don Alford has been a gun uh, expert for years and years. Um, so we'll come back in just a minute, and uh, I, we're going to talk about. I want to ask you about. AR-15s. Okay, sure. And we'll talk about uh, some of that and wrap it up. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Azinger. And uh, i got my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey and Don Alfred. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show, the I'm your host here, State Senator Mike Azinger. My co-host is with me in the studio, Pastor Brian Leversey. Our guest is gun expert Don Alfred, longtime friend of mine. And uh, we wanted to have him in the studio, uh, Pastor, because of uh, what's going on with uh, the Biden White House and these threats Hmm. that he's uh, throwing down uh, from on high against our guns. So here's what he's saying. Biden's message, this is uh, from an article um, that uh, an NRA guy gave me down in Charleston. Biden's message called on Congress to ban so-called assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, and to mandate background checks on all gun sales and to eliminate immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. That's a quote. So uh, they're going after the gun manufacturers, right, because it's the gun's fault, not the, as Pastor was saying in the last segment, not the heart of man. So uh, so what is it about an AR? What is what, what is it, uh, an AR, uh, Don Alfred? 
It's a sporting rifle. Uh, it always has been a sporting rifle. AR does not stand for assault rifle. It doesn't stand for assault <laughs> rifle. Well, My mind is blown. A- yes. <laughs> AR does not stand. Okay. Absolutely. And that's a great point because everybody thinks it does. It, absolutely. But what does AR stand for? Armor light rifle. Originally, the M16 was developed uh, as from the Armor Light Company, and then it is trans as a military rifle, and it has e- exploded through the the, the years of popularity with the civilian market uh, as well for a great home defense uh, rifle, sporting rifle for competitions, uh, for long-range shooting. They developed it, uh, but from the M16 to the modern-day M4 carbine and military, which is military weapons, uh, and we don't have those. We don't have select fire. We don't have automatic rifles. They're semi-automatic rifles, uh, again, as a sporting rifle. And a great, uh, I guess, proponent for self-defense in the home, uh, not just you know inside your house, your property, whether it's a farm, a ranch, wherever yeah. it might be, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, defend yourself. Uh, and that is the reason I believe that the government is so fixed on doing away with the AR, or taking them away from the American citizen, is that they are be hard to fight against uh, versus that- putting every, just handguns in everybody's hands. Makes it up close to personal. Yeah. They have rifles. We have handguns. If we have rifles, they have rifles. It's a little more even battle. Uh, and again, it's always been about the control. And in the yes. present society we live in today and the uh, politicians we have today, those in uh, office today, are proponents of disarming the American people to ultimately just control us. And that's where it stands, where they're just total control. I bought my AR uh, because I thought it looked cool, uh, which is a (laughs) a great reason to buy it. They are the baddest looking gun there is out there. But you make a a, a very interesting point, uh, Don Alford, that that, uh, the government wants to ban the AR-15 because they don't want us to have one. And that's what the Second Amendment is fundamentally all about. It is a defense against a tyrannical government. Yeah. That's what it's primarily fundamentally for. And who's the militia? We, we addressed that in the in the last segment. The militia at the founding was everybody. Every mm-hmm. man who who was of of age and and uh, I think there was a probably a, a certain age back then, but you know, people live longer. Everyone um, you know, what was a part of the militia back then. Militia has a bad name nowadays. We think of those guys that go deep in the woods and, and train to overthrow the government. That's what Hollywood has taught us it is. But uh, but militia at the at the founding was uh, just the the people. What happens to a uh, a state or a city when they start uh, when they start applying these these uh, uh, punitive gun laws, and you can't carry a gun, you can't have a gun in your home, and so on. Well, number, first word that comes to my mind is chaos, mm. that uh, the people would not have the right to defend themselves, and they're helpless to, to be like some of the foreign governments have done with their people. North Korea is an example uh, of the total oppression you know, uh, that they have still today. It's probably one of the most modern, uh, if you would, oppressed countries, you know, I need to go to Iraq and some of the other countries as well that live that way. Uh, it, it's a shame. I, I have a little quote here uh, from President Washington. It says, the Constitution of the United States, it's only keepers, the people. It's only keepers is the people. Hmm. And I think yes. sometimes we, we've had this misconception. I think it's because, and you, you, you said this on a previous uh, show about 
young people not being taught history anymore right. the way that we were, and even in our day, just not that many years removed, uh, they they don't know the history of our country. Sure, they don't know the hmm. sacrifice no. that our you know my 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 dad, your dad, as uh, we listed. If you if you read read Tom Brokaw's book, one of the greatest generations in, in our country, but and and I kind of believe that I understand where he's coming from, but. Truly, the greatest generation was our forefathers. Truly, mm-hmm. and that's an excellent point. I think they, I think that they were just, and they were providentially created by God for this. And they were, a, they were a young. It was a young man's revolution. Ben Franklin was a was an uh, uh, an aberration. You know, he was in his eighties. The rest of these guys were in their their thirties. Jefferson mm-hmm. Adams and uh, and so on. But uh, uh, you know, ninety percent or more of these mass shootings, where do they happen? They happen in gun-free zones. Absolutely. These cities that, that have these punitive gun laws, that's where that's where all the... Chicago is... I, I used to live in the Chicago area. I used to uh, minister in the cities, of in the ghettos of Chicago, and uh, the, the killings that are happening are in the ghettos of these cities. You can't say ghetto anymore, even. Mm, right. But a ghetto is a very... Dis- dis- uh, descriptive word okay it means a certain thing it means where these these uh uh unbiblical uh uh philosophies of of uh, giving people money that break up families and take mm-hmm. the dad out of the home yeah. that's what these ghettos are and so then you have gangs that that are basically filling the vacuum of the loss of the family and 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 they kill each other yeah. so um uh, the so the these shootings happen in these these uh, these gang infested cities. It's it's horrible. But what's what's also horrible is not letting the people that live there uh, be able to defend right. themselves with, with a gun. So uh, Don Alfred, the uh, we were talking about the ATF advisor um, in terms of uh, who Joe, Joe Biden has, and then we'll wrap it up with this. But uh, you wanted to comment on that, and I wanted to give you a, a chance. To, just just the fact that, that how out of touch they are and i know joe biden is you know is older. it the aft advisor yeah, or the, atf <laughs> uh, it should be the atf but, but, but our he, president missed that yeah, he introduced him <laughs> as like the atf or the aft i should say uh which is a shame when you look at that that and and i i, I don't know how you gentlemen feel but i'm a little embarrassed by the leadership of our country not mm. the fact that they're they're ultra liberal in that direction but just the fact of the mentality uh, what they represent the rest of the world looking at yeah. versus seeing, mm. seeing a strong leader. And I, I was thinking the other day, uh, I was just a young young boy. Uh, matter of fact, I think it was uh, third or fourth grade uh, in Jan- uh, November 22nd, 1963, when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Uh, and before that in 62, when we had the missiles for October and his stance, he's probably the last Democrat, if you would, but by his military experience and his life and the yeah. PT-109, you know, mm-hmm. his life story and things that he did, to take a real stand and knew what he stood for uh, and, and where we've come to today that they can't even pronounce the, the government agencies that we have. They don't know. It's all about control. It's all about the money. It's yeah. all about, uh, you know, for self-interest, uh, being in office for 35, 40 years plus yeah. in, in the Senate and Congress, things like that, which should never be, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and to see how they're, how they're even, they're mentally deteriorating uh, to the point that the younger people uh, that come in that really want to serve, like yourself in the state Senate here and, and people like that who want to 
serve their country. They want to give a portion of their life, four, six, eight year, whatever it might be, time to pour into that, yet still have a family, still have a, a church home, still have a, a life outside of that, but to contribute. And these people aren't contributors at all. They're, they're takers. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't, yeah. it's just like the government today, giving money away like they earn that money it's they're mm-hmm. not giving they're giving our money away sure you know they, sure. they don't make money they take money yeah uh and and they they, and they take and they take and then where the second amendment's concerned and the, even the other amendments they just keep taking and taking and taking yeah what have they contributed uh i really appreciated some of the efforts that president trump tried to make and how he turned it around mm really with no help whatsoever Very just little. as being a, yeah. a, a business leader hmm. concerned citizen truly a patriot i believe with my all my heart no doubt uh, no doubt uh, that what he tried to do and if he could have had just 10 percent of the people helping him what we could have accomplished but to, you know to, to do what he did and to fight against him so long uh, and and him to walk away gracefully like he did, if he has walked away gracefully. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping a, not. I'm hoping there's a return. <laughs> I went to the rally on January 6th. They're still trying to get me in jail for that one. Uh, pastor's <laughs> got to leave the studio. Uh, you have an appointment. But uh, um, anyway, so Don Alfred, whether you want to or not, you're going to come back on with me in the next <laughs> segment. Close the scene because Pastor's got to leave. Okay. And uh, he usually does it. But you're do, you've done great. First Thanks, time on Don. radio. Yeah. Thank you, Don Alfred. Appreciate and, that uh, insight. So we'll be back um, on Voice of Truth radio show right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Asinger. Uh, Pastor Leversy, my co-host, he has left the building, Don Alfred. He took off on us. Will make do. <laughs> uh, he'll be missed. We'll send a posse after. That's right. So Don Alfred and I and uh, Pastor, we, the last segment, if you're just tuning in, uh, check out the podcast because uh, Don Alfred uh, did a great job. We just talked about, uh, about these... Um, Gun executive orders that are being threatened from uh, from on high at the White House. These unconstitutional orders. Um, let me just. I'm going to read them again, uh, Don. Uh, okay. So Biden's message called on Congress to ban so-called assault weapons, high-capacity magazines. It uh, called on uh, mandating background checks on all gun sales, and to eliminate eliminate immunity uh, for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons on our streets. So we have just a couple minutes because we didn't cover those last two. I, I just want your opinion. Let's go ahead and do this in this segment too. Uh, background checks on all gun sales. What's your what's your uh, philosophy on that? Uh, as far as buying a gun in, in a gun store, yeah. uh, a new gun, uh, I agree with that 100%. People should be checked. The problem is that I have, uh, being in a free nation, to be able to, do with my uh, own property, property, uh, whatever it might be, have the right to dispose of it, sell it, whatever I want to, uh, my own. If it's another person that I would trust, would I meet on a back corner in a dark alley, a motel room someplace and do that? No, I would not. Uh, but if it's a legitimate person that I can meet in the open yeah. light, day, yeah. talk, uh, looks th- like things are okay, he's contacted me or, or a person has recommended him to me, uh, honestly, I just did that recently uh, to a police officer. 
uh, a good guy, a local guy, and uh, so sold one of my guns to him, something he'd been looking for for a long time. I happen to actually have one. I parted with it with him. Uh, even asked the question, uh, Mr. Officer, uh, we doing the sale. You're not going to arrest me after we get done, are you? <laughs> right. He laughed and said, no, we're good to go. Okay. Uh, so how, how about gun shows? I mean, if I go to a gun show, uh, do, do, and, and I want to buy, you know, whatever, a 9mm, are they going to do a background check on me? Yes. Most everybody there is required to do. Again, now there's some gun sales that take place, you know, maybe in a, in a parking lot there that or they because of the restrictions that the the people that set up a booth or a table would have to have to do the ATF 4473 form to uh, get that background check done and it's it, and people are, are getting more into that today than 15 20 years ago yeah they're realizing that you know they don't want to be a part of the criminal atmosphere they want to do things correctly do things right at gun shows as well as a gun owner gun store so people are leaning more towards that for their own personal defense as well. They don't want a, a gun that's theirs or somebody else's that they bought legitimately uh, to end up in, in somebody's hands that shouldn't have it. So how about a gun manufacturer? Should a gun manufacturer be held liable for uh, a, sh- a, uh, a shooting or a, a murder or a carjacking that uh, somebody uses that someone buys their guns um, you know, say it's a, a Remington or a, a Smith & Wesson. Say someone buys a Smith & Wesson. They take that uh, Smith & Wesson and they hold up a liquor store. Should should Smith & Wesson be held liable for that? So they shoot somebody during uh, the holdup and someone's shot, someone's killed. Should Smith & Wesson be held liable for that? Absolutely not yes. should they be held up for it. They're just a manufacturer of a, of a product, a tool that's used for designed for self-defense or sport or hunting, they should not be held accountable. No more than, than a car manufacturer for running over somebody. Yeah, it's common it's, sense, isn't it? Absolutely common sense. Everybody knows they shouldn't because they're not responsible for it. And uh, the gun is simply a tool, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It so, is. so it's a tool that, uh, that uh, millions and millions of Americans uh, – and, and by the way, gun sales have just been – just through the roof the last 10 years probably oh absolutely absolutely especially the last two years 2020 and, and so far in 2021 that they're getting actually getting even harder to get uh people are concerned yeah good, good honest citizens want sure. to be able to protect themselves more people are coming out of the woodwork for concealed carry classes to be able to do it correctly get their permit yep go through the procedure go through the state licensing whatever they need to do uh they want and, and and i look at that and i get calls all the time have my cards out for people to call me for classes i uh, took a class from you yes you did and and people want to do that just for the privilege to be able to defend themselves yeah and i like the fact that in state of west virginia we have constitutional carry uh, but outside that state limit, you have to be careful. You know, it's a felony if you get caught with not, not having a license. Yeah. So a lot of people, uh, I'm glad they passed it. Sheriff Merritt, when he was alive, had, we had a good conversation about mm-hmm. that, uh, that he was concerned. And I had the same concern that he did, that a person, that a young guy, young married guy, 22, 23 years old with a wife and a little baby, uh, 
he couldn't afford to take the the seventy five or eighty dollar class and then a hundred dollar license. Right, would not have the opportunity to protect his own family like somebody who could afford that. Yeah. So I was all for anybody to be able to protect their family, home and their family. Yeah. So and that's that's the attitude that he had as well. So I'm glad that those kind of laws are around as well. Yeah. Uh, but I do think people need the training as well as being a firearm instructor. Yeah. That they need the training. Uh, but and, and and I'm all for the concealed carry license. Crime rate has gone down with every state that has concealed carry. Yep. It's proven itself out that good guys with guns are good guys with guns. And that's just yeah. the way that yeah. it is. In constitutional carry, which we passed when I was in the legislature, I don't know, three or four years ago passed. And uh, so it's, it's basically saying, look, um, why should we have a tax on a uh, constitutional right? So the Second Amendment is a fundamental constitutional right. It's in the Bill of Rights, the first 10 uh, amendments to the Constitution. But we were taxing that so um, so that we just basically took that tax away. You can um, you can cover your gun up without having to pay a fee is basically what it did. So you can open carry in West Virginia, right? Yeah, that's correct. And you can conceal carry for free in West Virginia now, correct. Uh, which, which, are, which are good. And by the way, we just passed a bill where people from out of state can come into West Virginia, get their concealed carry permit, um, and that way they have uh, reciprocity with the other states that West Virginia has reciprocity with. So if I go to, um, uh, I don't know, how many how many uh, states do you know, how many states we uh, uh, have reciprocity with that we can go into, we can conceal carry in their states also? There's uh, the majority. Majority. Uh, other, other than what you would you know, obviously recognize, Illinois, California, New yeah. York, some yeah. of the north, northeastern states, they're obvious, yeah. the ones, uh, Maryland. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., <laughs> obviously those, but about, just about every other state re- reciprocates with West Virginia. Um, the, uh, hold on here, I'm just looking at something here. So, so let's, take a, let's take a few minutes, and uh, 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 we were going to talk another subject, but I think this would be good. Let's, let's take a few minutes and talk about uh, some guns that you might recommend to concealed carry. If, I, if I'm getting a concealed carry permit, what gun would you recommend I buy to, to carry concealed? There's several great options today. There, there honestly, there is. Uh, I am a Smith and Wesson guy. I love Smith and Wessons, even though uh, I, I carry uh, presently a Sig Sauer 365 XL with an optic uh, on it, uh, just because of the old eyes. I can have a red dot versus having to line up sights. Uh, the the uh, Smith and Wessons uh, M&P Shield, which you have, and I yep. have one also still. The Taurus G3C, uh, the Springfield. A uh, new subcompact that they have. Uh, uh, unfortunately, they named it the Hellcat, uh, but that's what the is name is. Is that a bad is. name? <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like that name. <laughs> uh, but uh, there, there's several, several options out uh, for concealed carry. Good, good option, good manufacturers, good uh, reputation, good warranty, uh, great for self defense, and uh, I would recommend any one of those. Very good. So, uh, uh, how about a revolver? You know, when I first got my concealed carry, Years ago, before I, uh, I don't know if it's before I knew you, before I knew you did the class, I got a, I took a concealed carry class. The guy that that uh, uh, I did it with said, buy a revolver because it never jams. So I bought a Taurus uh, uh, thirty eight Special. Right. So what's, what's your thought on that? Revolver's been around forever. 
and and they're still great guns. the The only issue that I have with the revolver is uh, limitation on capacity. Usually, there if it's a small like a J frame Smith, it's just a five round capacity, yeah. or a six round capacity. Yeah. Now some of them now larger ones have seven or eight rounds, but they're larger larger guns, harder to conceal, hard to carry. Uh, far as being uh, usable, uh, they are they're great guns. But the, it does limit you on capacity, what you can have in a semi-automatic, even a small subcompact gun. So that's my only downfall as far as I am. I love revolvers. I love shooting them. Uh, they're a little harder to shoot as far as accuracy is concerned because of the harder trigger pull. Uh, as far as recoil, they're not that much difference, but uh, they're still great guns. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So but uh, so how, how many, like if I have a 9 millimeter or a 40 or 45 how many am I going to be able to hold in the magazine? What's what's the max? Uh, well, for most nineteen eleven style uh, forty five ACPs or or the Glock thirty one and so on, some usually around ten eight to ten rounds. Yeah. Okay. So you can double the you can double right. the capacity vis a vis a thirty eight or, or right. a, oh yeah you're doubling capacity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, some some rookie questions to you from uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, from me, but. Uh, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and do just a five-minute segment. And we got Don Alfred in the studio. Pastor Leversy has uh, abandoned us. He went AWOL. He had an appointment, so he had to leave a little early. But uh, we're going to do a quick a quick segment to finish out the show. You're listening to uh, The Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. Thanks for tuning in. We had a, a great show today. I think you'll really like it if you're just tuning in. Check out the podcast at uh, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Uh, had Don Alfred on, who is still in the studio, but we talked guns and we talked about uh, about these threats coming from the White House for our guns. And um, this is like nothing that we've seen before, in my opinion. So they're going after assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, mandating background checks on all gun sales. And uh, they want to eliminate immunity for gun manufacturers who, I'm quoting here, who knowingly put weapons of war on the streets. Those weapons of war, Don, you know, they're, uh, you put you get a gun, and, man, all of a sudden you just want to go to war, right? Yeah. But... Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, listen listen to the show and uh, download it, listen to the podcast. Don Alfred did a great job. So we're going to do just a little five-minute segment. So I found this this uh, little article, Don Alfred, on uh, this has nothing to do with guns. This is just your basic uh, common courtesies that we have seen basically <laughs> vanish, right? Uh, so I'm going to, this is called, this is from Town and Country Magazine, 50 Little Social Etiquette Rules Everyone Should Follow. All right, so here's the first one. Say please and thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they, we, we, are at a, we are at a point in America where we have to remind everybody to say please and to say thankful. Uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, God says to love the unthankful. So even if someone doesn't say thank you, uh, we have to love them, which is a difficult thing, right? It is. It puts a little pressure on you. <laughs> it, it does. All right, so pl- say please and thankful. Uh, thank you. So I want to know if uh, you're for or against these as we go. You are for or against saying please or thank you? Oh, I'm definitely for. You're for. Okay. Uh, number two, smile. 
You know, Dave, uh, Dave Mays, a fellow uh, mutual friend of ours, uh, we, I used to teach a, an adult class here at the church, and Dave said one time in class, he told this story of, of this uh, guy, he was a gal, on, on her way uh, to commit suicide. And I, I don't remember this circumstance, but somebody smiled at her, and she didn't commit suicide because someone smiled. Smiling is always good. You can't go wrong Absolutely. with a smile. Absolutely. Right? So you smile. Absolutely. Try yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, your wife will whip you if you don't. I know your <laughs> wife. She'll, she'll, she'll take care of you. She, your wife has like, uh, Rhonda Alfred has like one of the best singing voices ever. Does she not? I enjoy it tremendously. She's so, like, so I that, always have since we, 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 of course, we've been around together for many, 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 yeah, years. many years. And many she's years. sung with the trio, a tr- one trio or the other. Absolutely. And uh, so yeah. I just want to put a, uh, uh, I want to put a, a good word in for her. She's my way. favorite. That's for sure. She's very good. All right. Here's one. Hold, now, this is a little politically correct how they put it, but hold the door. Or they, they say, hold the door for the person behind you. All right. So you're leaving a building. As a courtesy, you'll always look behind you and hold the door open uh, for someone who might be close to you. But something else that that we've lost, and and it's because of political correctness and radical feminism, but but men, uh, my dad always taught me, hold the door open for your girl. You do that. That's just something you do for a female. You always hold the door open for them, right? Right. Correct. So uh, you, you should hold the car door open. For your uh, wife, I do. Uh, I, do you? I do. <laughs> oh, I have a little story about that. If you got a second, my, no, I don't because I'm feeling guilty. Now he's making me look bad. <laughs> years ago, uh, when Rhonda and I first got married, uh, we, my dad and mom lived on a farm, and the, the driveway was several yards from the house. And I got out of the car and went around and opened the door for Rhonda. And my dad hollered up from the porch, "Is your door broke? Something wrong with it, son?" So as I walked down grinning to my dad, said, no, sir, I would just open it for my lovely wife. He never said a word. Oh, that's great. That's very good. You want another thing that they that they don't teach. Uh, my dad always taught me this. Dad was a, a gentleman, or is. He's uh, still with us. And, uh, but uh, just little things like uh, walking down the sidewalk with your with your gal. You put her on the inside, and you walk on the outside. In case something happens, you get hit first. Little things like this. I was in a gas station. We'll close this. Cl- close it with this. I was at a gas station. Uh, uh, this is I don't know five years ago, maybe more. And um, this is how things have changed. Now uh, I'm not I'm not uh, um, uh, giving an opinion on proms. You know, I think proms. You know, they have their issues. So here was here was uh, a, a couple, two couples, double dating at the gas station, stopping for gas. Listen to this. The two, the two boys, grown men, you know, sen- juniors or seniors in high school, sitting in the back seat, the two girls with dresses on, their pretty prom dresses on, sitting in the front seat. The driver was, this, was a gal. She gets out. She starts pumping the gas herself with the two boys in the back seat. I said something to her about it. I said, uh, you need to think twice about saying yes to going out with these guys who are sitting in the back seat on their phones while you're pumping gas. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a few few of these at the end of the show, but hold the door for the person behind you, and open the door for your lady, Don Alfred. Thanks a lot for coming on the show today. We'll have you back. Great show. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I will choose to live.